Let's pray together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the author, and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Father, we declare today, and as Paul declared, whatever were gains to me, I consider loss for the sake of Christ, for the sake of knowing Christ, my Lord. Lord, we do not consider to have taken hold of it, but one thing that we do, and as Paul declares, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. We as a church and I as an individual, I press on toward the goal to win the price for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So God, as we are here to remember and to worship and to celebrate this last Sunday of the year 2021, we remember you, O oh Lord. We remember your goodness. We remember your faithfulness. We know your love is greater than any love that we can find anywhere on this earth. So God, for that, we're eternally indebted to you, O oh Lord. We give you our lives. We give you our hearts. We give you our everything. So God, watch over us today in this very moment as you transition to the message. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations and the listeners of the years of all the people who are here in this place. Lord, may it be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O oh God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray, amen and amen. All right, God bless you, everyone. Uh, the church, it's good to be here. Can we take a moment to greet one another and say, Happy last Sunday of 2021. Because <laughs> it's like, I am. <laughs> now, today and onward, we now have three services left until our first Sunday service of 2022. So we have today. Uh, which is, what's today's date? The 26th. And then we have our service on the 31st, which is Friday. That's going to be our second service, our New Year's Eve service. And then our first service of 2022 will be in January 2nd of 2022, our Sunday service together. And I'm breaking down this message into three parts. Today, we're going to talk about faith New Year's Eve service, we're going to talk about hope. And then on the first Sunday of 2000, 
22, we're going to talk about love. And I'm basing this off of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you look at the previous of the whole chapter of chapter 12, it talks about the gifts. It talks about different gifts, how there are many different gifts. And we went over that on our Thursday Bible study. But it talks about the greater gift, the eternal gift, the trinity of virtues, and faith, hope, and love. Today we're going to talk about faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So again, today we're going to talk about continuing in faith, the service after that, dwelling in hope, and then the last service after that is remaining in love. So why is it so important for us as Christians to know the trinity of virtues, faith, hope, and love? Because these three eternal trinity of virtues, it will always remain, not just here on our Christian journey on this earth, but it will continue for all throughout eternity in heaven with God. It will echo not just here on earth, but it will echo forever, eternally, with the living God in heaven. All other gifts, it will fade. All the talents you have, your heart of talent of serving, the gift of Music, gift of singing, gift of anything that God has given you, they will all die and it will all eventually fade. All other fluffs, it will die away. The gift of preaching, the gift of teaching, all that will fade away. But what will remain are the trinity of virtues, faith, hope, and love. And these are the three virtues that we need to understand as Christians and we need to know in our hearts and we need to know it with everything that we have, more than all the other gifts, more than anything that we have, these three are the most important things. And ultimately, love is the greatest out of them all. But today, we're going to talk about faith. Amen. So let's all go and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Actually, we're going to begin with Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to continue on with chapter 12, though, but we're going to start with verse 1 through 40, and then we're going to go into Hebrews chapter 12. The title says, Faith in Action. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commanded as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Verse 6, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists 
and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he will later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with them of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, remember she was at the age of 90, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. If you are paying attention, it talks about how faith continues even after death. Remember what we talked about in the beginning, the three trinity of the eternal virtues, faith, hope, and love. It will continue not just here on this earth, but even after you die, it will continue on in heaven with God. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Remember, he was at the age of 100 when he had Isaac. Even though God has said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, we all know that, and worshiped as he, learned, as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Verse 23, by faith, Moses' parents, hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated, along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. 
By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. It's talking about the 10th plague where the spirit of death passes over and saves the Israelites. Verse 29, By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, all these individuals mentioned in the book of Judges, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and ministered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, it's talking about Daniel, quenched the fury of the flames, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle, rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Verse 36, some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. The world despised them. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet not one of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Let's continue with chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, again, the author and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endures such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen and amen. This is a very fitting passage for us because we are at the end of 2022. As you're reading this, you're all familiar with these characters. These names were mentioned, but as I'm reading, these names are just coming to me, and I'm remembering the stories of these giants of the faith, what they did, how patient they were, how they endured patiently through persecution and through difficulties. And as we're here on the last Sunday of 2022, I pray that you will reflect back, not just this past year, not just this year of 2021, but the life journey that you were living thus far. Remember, it's about faith. 
It's about having faith in God, and faith is one of the trinity of virtues. It is so important and so crucial to the growth of your walk and in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So what is the definition of faith? Strong belief or trust in someone or something, especially without logical proof. But faith, we know in the scripture, it tells us what? In chapter 11, it tells us, now faith is confidence in what we what? Hope for. And assurance, assurance means certainty, certain about what we do not see. So the first step in understanding the trinity of the virtues of our Christian faith, the first step is faith. Hope comes next. And then love. But it all begins with faith. Because the definition of faith is having complete confidence. Complete. There's no question about it. It means it has complete trust in God. So my question to you is, do you have true faith or do you have fake faith? Because if you have faith, it's about having complete confidence and trust in the living God. Faith means we trust and we believe and therefore we act. Just like as it was mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 with these giants of the faith of these individuals. They trusted God, they believed in God, and they acted in faith before God. Faith means that we remember and we don't forget the promises of God. As you live each day, year by year, I go back and I remember the promises that God has given me. The accomplishments that we did as a church, we grow from faith to faith, not from faith to doubt, and then doubt, maybe faith again here and there, but we go from faith to faith, and each year we grow stronger as we mature in our faith, because faith means to mature in your faith and in your relationship with God. We remember the promises of God. Faithful he has been, therefore faithful he will be, right? Not sometimes faithful he was in the past, and therefore I doubt him, and faithful sometimes he will keep his promises. But no, faithful he has been, and faithful he will continue for all of eternity. So let me give you an example for you to understand easily. When I was young, I loved Totoa. It was my favorite restaurant because they had the biggest tonkatsu I've ever seen in my life. Literally, tonkatsu back then was the size of that tray. I think the plate would come in that size, and the tonkatsu was huge. The old spot, not the new spot up the upstairs, but the main building. So English was not my first language. And I remember when I was living in Fort Lee, and I would pretend like I was studying, right? We had this uh, cassette tapes with this English teacher person. I think it was a guy or a female, I can't remember. But I would pretend like I'd be studying. And then I would get the promise that if you study hard, you know, tomorrow we're going to go to Toto. And I'm young, and I'm excited. I'm eating cereals. Like, I eat chapagetti on my own and, and things like that. But Toto, yes, of course. So I'm going to study really hard. 
the promise was given that we will go to Dotua. God gives us promises and requires faith for us to believe. You hear the words and then you believe. I know that we're going to go to Dotua because in the past, when my parents gave me that promise, they followed through on that promise. Therefore, I have past experience in that faith, in that promise. Therefore, I have faith in what they say. So this is faith. When God gives you a promise, when God says something in the scripture, past accomplishments, past experiences, you believe in faith. That is faith. You trust and you believe in the words of God because of his faithfulness in the past. You believe his faithfulness for the future. Therefore, it leads to hope. So you have faith and you believe you're going to go, and then you have hope for the future. Hope, this is the definition of hope. Let me just give you a little bit, because we're going to go into it on Friday. But hope is a joy, the excitement that the child feels. Having a joyful hope in the promise that was given by the parent, by the father, or by the mother. And then eventually it leads to love. Because without love, faith and hope is garbage. You cannot have one without the other. Everything comes together. The child has faith and believes that he or she will take that delicious bite of that cutlet with the sauce, delicious sauce. It believes, will bite into that meal and hopes in the promise is joyful hope that he or she will go tomorrow. Why? Because that child loves the parent, and the parent loves that child. And the child trusts in the promises that was given by the father. As Christians, we cannot have one without the other. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We need all three. And as God's people, he starts us off in faith. And faith eventually leads to hope. And in the process, and the foundation is we love. We love God, and we love his people. Therefore, faith, hope, and love, they are the greatest gifts that God can give us. It is the greatest gift. And we all have access to this gift. You may think to yourself, oh, I'm not that special. What is my talent? What is my gift? Well, the gift that God gave you is for everyone. It's faith, hope, and love. The trinity of virtues given to every single Christian. All their gifts, they're temporary. All their gifts, it will cease. It will disappear. However, faith, hope, and love, it will remain forever and ever and ever. Amen. So how does faith work? How does it work? Let's start quickly with point number one. According to Hebrews 11 and 12, it says, we must believe that he exists. We believe that God exists. For faith begins and ends with God. 
This is where it all starts, guys. You believe that God exists. If you don't believe that God exists, this is not for you to take. That promise is not given to you. It's not guaranteed for you. If you don't believe that God exists and you're an atheist or Gnostic or you think that God was never fully man, fully God, came on this earth, died, and rose again, resurrected, ascended to heaven. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, this promise is not yours to take in. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says what? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you do not believe that God exists, this faith is not yours to take or to hope in. There is no faith, which means there is no hope. There is no joy for the future. Because Jesus Christ is alive, we have access to this greatest gift of all, which is faith, hope, and love. And the question is, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is alive? Do you know that this is the most important thing? Do you believe that he died and that he rose again? That's what separates us from every other religion. Muslims don't believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. But we as Christians, we believe. The Jews are still waiting for the Messiah. But we believe that Jesus, he died and that he rose again from the dead. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And what's funny here is the people that believed and had faith were of lowly status. For example, in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, the first group of people that Jesus, as an infant, presents himself are to who? The shepherds. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you believe in who God is? Do you trust in Christ? Do you have faith? And do you believe that Jesus is alive? And you may think to yourself, well, I've never seen Jesus physically with my eyes. How can I believe in someone whom I've never seen? Well, let me tell you what Jesus says to this individual doubting Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 20. It's not on the screen, but he says this, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed is your heart. How blessed your heart is for those who have not seen him, but yet still choose to believe in the living God. That we believe in faith that he is who he says he is. That he will do what he says he will do. That he will do what he promised. Again, 
How does faith work? We must believe that He exists. That's the first step. Number two, we must keep our eyes fixed on Him. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And the question is how? Faith. Faith. Faith allows us to keep our eyes. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning a shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How does that work? I've never seen Jesus die on the cross. I wasn't born during that time. I wasn't even alive. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning a shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How can I fix my eyes on Jesus? How do I believe that he is the author, the pioneer, and the perfecter of my faith when I've never even laid eyes or gaze upon him? How can I put my eyes upon Jesus? How can I fix my eyes, my gaze on Jesus? Faith. Faith. It's faith. And if you have that faith today, you are so blessed, so blessed than those who are out in the world who do not have faith. This is priceless that cannot be bought with money. You cannot teach faith either. It's either you have the faith or you don't. It's one or the other. There is no middle ground. And all throughout Scripture, the word faith is found. And Paul particularly, the book of Philippians, we've done the Philippians series in the past. He's in prison, and we know that he has faith. Paul, he is in prison, but he has hope for the future. And then he has the love of God in his heart, the greatest gift of all. And then we see in his writing in chapter 3, verse 7 through 14, what does he say? He says it in verse 7. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. Underline that, faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Underline that as well. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power and the death and the resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We must keep our eyes fixed on him. 
We press on toward the goal in Christ. We hold on to God's promises because of the hope that we have. We are joyful in the process, no matter what our situation, no matter what our circumstances may be. We must, it is a must, keep our eyes fixed in Jesus Christ. Point number three. It's a good thing this fell because I had an uh, analogy and I completely forgot. Andy, can you hold on to this during the whole service? Hold it like, like this as you take notes. Come on, you're strong. Come on, okay. All right, point number three. We must have faith that leads to endurance and maturity. Guys, faith makes you endure. Faith makes you mature. Without faith, we cannot grow. Faith is like the mustard seed. Tiny. Little tiny mustard seed, like the fruit fly. It's like literally a tiny little seed. Eventually becomes huge. Your faith is meant to grow. The faith that you had when you were young is not the same type of faith as you have now. Actually, I take that back because sometimes kids have greater faith than adults. But I'm talking about a maturing Christian. Our faith should continue to grow in God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endure such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. And we learn about the endurance and the maturity as we look to what Jesus did on the cross, scorning his shame. And now he sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, verse 3, who what? Endured. Jesus Christ who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So again, point number three, we must have faith that leads to endurance and maturity. Two sub-points here. We're almost done. Letter A is this. Run with the right people. You want to endure? You want to grow in maturity? Run with the right people. Meaning endure with the right people. Run with those who are committed to the race as you are. The Christian race. If you surround yourself with wrong characters, it will destroy one's character. It will destroy your character. Wrong people will deter you from running the race faithfully and you're going to get sidetracked every once in a while. Every time you try to do the right thing, you'll get deterred and you go in the wrong direction. But surround yourself with people who have the same vision, who have the same mindset, who are committed in finishing this race as you are. 
run with the right people. Letter B, drop the dead weights. Drop the dead weights. This is where I, I was supposed to actually give the bottle to one of you from the beginning, so you're holding the whole time. I was also thinking like I should give each one of you like, a cup of water and just hold it. But when we are holding these things, right, there's an analogy that we all know about the video that we watched where when you have something and you're holding it and it's not that heavy, maybe for an hour or so, a minute or two, it's not that heavy, but after days and days and it becomes months and years, how much it will handicap you from being able to finish and to accomplish what needs to be done. So same thing, it's the cup analogy. Drop all the excess and the unnecessary weights. In a race, you do not wear Timberlands, heavy boots. You do not wear heavy chain necklaces. But I do see sometimes like those Olympic trials, like these guys, they're wearing heavy necklaces. I'm, I'm thinking, why would they wear that? Don't you want to be faster? Because I know swimmers, because people who are gung-ho, they shave everything, they make sure. Even wrestling, you know, when you have to make weight, they sometimes you have to take off even your socks and your underwear because even that puts a little bit of weight and you need to be on weight, on point. So drop all the excess and unnecessary weights. Get rid of any unnecessary addictions. Things like, and I'm talking about addictions, like alcohol, urge to gamble, and all this evil that destroys one's faith in Christ. Again, we must have faith that leads to endurance and maturity. How do we do that? You run with the right people and you drop the dead weights. And lastly, point number four. Is it heavy, Andy? No? It makes you nauseous? <laughs> Don't drink it. Have some. Drink. No? Okay, you can let it down. Last point is number four, we must have the right type of faith. The right type of faith. And the question is, what is the right type of faith? I'll give it to you quickly. A, B, C. Letter A, small. B, humble. C, genuine. Small or big does not matter as long as it's the right type of faith. And I'm talking about small because I'm talking about the mustard seed. So Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6, it talks about where Jesus is speaking on having faith like as small as a mustard seed. So it says in verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And what we learn here about small, humble, and genuine, and it's the question, do you have the right type of faith? Because having the right type of faith is key. To have the right type of faith is important to the Christian journey. For that is far greater than the amount of faith you may have. Like the mustard seed, tiny. But if you have faith like a small mustard seed, Jesus says it will 
take root, and it will grow tremendously. And it is God that causes it to grow, because eventually your roots will permeate to the ground and will uproot any unnecessary other plants and the bad roots around surrounding that tree, it will all disappear because your faith is growing. The more your faith grows, the less junk you will have in your life. And what is the right type of faith? It has to be small, it has to be humble, it has to be genuine. It's not about the quantity, but it's about the quality of your faith. So more faith is not what we need. When someone is in doubt, you don't say, have more faith. You just say, take the small seed of faith that you have and trust in God. And in humility, He will be the one who will cause it to grow. It's not the amount of faith, but it's the quality of one's faith. The quality of Faith, it far exceeds and goes far beyond the amount and the quantity of one's faith in God. Therefore, as we are now entering the last week of 2022, I want to challenge you and I want to invite you, especially this week, to start your faith small. Humble may be genuine, for it is God that will cause it to grow. Do not be discouraged. You do not need all this crazy amount of faith. And God is putting this pressure on you, but start small. As it says in Luke chapter 17, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So in your faith this week, men and women of God, and in your walk with God, be faithful with what little you have, with what small faith the seed that you have, and I pray that God will cause it to grow, and that he will continue to guide you and lead you forevermore. As you remember the promises and the words of Jesus, never will I leave you. And never will I forsake you. Amen and amen. At this time, I want to invite the praise team to please come up. And as we're about to close the service, I want to invite everyone, if you could all please stand to your feet. And we're going to sing together the second song that we sang today, Jesus Always With Me. And on life's weary road, as I live day by day, Jesus, my Savior, knows my heart. The pains of yesterday, the road that lies ahead, Jesus, my Savior, knows my heart. Lord, I will lift my eyes in faith and see the promises that you have given me. This pain today, it will pass away within this life that you have given me right now in this very moment. Teach me, Lord, right now to know your will. With every breath I have, I live my life with joy. Remember, hope brings joy for the future. 
excitement. Jesus, you're always with me now. My worries and my regrets, I lay them down to you. Jesus, you are always with me. Amen and amen. Let's worship together.
Let us just take a moment right now as this is our last Sunday of 2021. Can we just turn to God right now, setting aside every distractions? And can we just pray with our own voices? Can we declare with our lips and have faith in God and declare our praises to Him? Let us take this moment to thank Him for His promises. Let us place our faith in Him as small as a mustard seed. Let us hold on to the promises that God has given our church, that God has given you. When you're young, let us hold on to the promises for God is true and His promises will never cease. We will continue on. Faith, hope, and love, it will echo for all of eternity. Let us pray together. together. Lord, I will lift my eyes in faith and see. Father, I just want to thank you for this time together to be able to hear your word and your message this morning. I pray, God, that our faith will continue to grow as a mustard seed. Though it may start small, it's not about the amount, but what type of faith we have is important. May we have small faith like a mustard seed that will grow. May we have humble faith, and God, help us to have genuine faith that is found in God. Lord, we believe with all of our heart, we believe that, God, that you exist, that everyone who comes to you must believe that you exist because, God, you reward those who earnestly seek you, O oh God, and we earnestly seek you this very moment. Lord, we need you more today than yesterday. Forgive us, Lord, for our lack of faith, for placing our faith in ourselves, which is so fleeting. But, Lord, we place our hope and our faith in you and in you alone. Continue to guide us and lead us in the right step as we finish this year and as we enter the new year. Lead us and teach us the true meaning of the trinity of the virtues, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love, the love of Jesus Christ. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen.